Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Blazers Edge Podcast. I am your host, Danny Morang, and this week I am joined by my friend, co-writer, co- co-contributor, co-contributor, and also sometimes editor of my awful stuff. Uh, you will know him as Steve DeWald. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Happy well, to be here on this me. beautiful Sunday. Yeah, I already uh, I, I got my Sunday fun day in ahead of time. Uh, I went and did my socially distancing uh, beach access. And no, I will not tell you where it's at because it's mine. And I want you all to stay the hell away from me. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. I've, uh, I haven't talked about it a ton. Uh, if you follow me on IG at all, you've seen I've probably been hitting the, the diet pretty hard. But this is like the first time I've taken my shirt off and not been like, oh, Lord, in a really long time because I'm down 40 pounds uh, since the COVID outbreak. How about you, buddy? You made, you made any uh, significant gains uh, during? I'm, tre- I'm treading well, like I'm definitely eating out less, but I'm definitely probably drinking more beer at night. So <laughs> like that's straight off. It's, it's a balance. Like I'm I'm right where I, I was when this thing started. I uh I I don't have a piece of clothing that fits, like anywhere, in in, in anything. I am, I am as you can see right now. All of my workout gear is drowning me. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm channeling my inner skinny mellow right now. There you go. Uh, we, we, we both went on the, uh, the COVID workout plan, which is pretty much, uh, depression and bad food. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, that's what, that's what millionaires do to lose weight. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, they definitely don't have professional trainers, chefs, and, uh, you know, all of the things that money can buy. Are you buying skinny mellow? I mean, at this point, you kind of have to. I mean, <laughs> like, he can't. I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, uh-huh. the guy came out of nothing, out of, you know, out of basic retire, basically retirement. And which is to- which? Let's let's put this. Let's frame this real quick. We've talked about this plenty of times. But how absolutely insane is it that he came off the couch and not just played, played well, and played thirty-seven minutes a night? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody how go up and down the NBA. And find out how many guys are playing 34-plus minutes a night. Okay? Now, cut that list down to guys who didn't have a training camp, didn't have the preseason, didn't have the lead-up, and just came out and just started playing. You're down to one. <laughs> like, exactly. like, listen, I've had my fair share of complaints about Melo. There's no doubt about that. But his ability to pace himself, and I mean that in an actual good, good way, not taking place off, but and eat up minutes is otherworldly mm. well i mean and i mean we're gonna get to see some of it in the bubble here with jamal crawford and and a few other michael beasley who's kind of been in in other leagues but i mean crawford's gonna be the other test here but yeah um, well b's got sent home because he tested positive so remember he got released so we, we don't even know if he's gonna get picked up by a team but crawford crawford's another guy though i think he's he's like a the, the marathon runner mm-hmm. like he just never gets tired because he weighs 140 pounds Mello was 240, let's be honest, probably more than that. He's probably down to 230 now. 
but yeah. I mean, you, Jamal Crawford is immortal. Like if he, yeah, no, he, if he ever if you yeah, ever get a Methuselah. chance when the, when all this passes, the Seattle Pro Am is one of the best day trips you can take to go up to Seattle and watch those guys run the open a pile of Seattle and, hoopers. And you just have Jamal Crawford out there. When I went probably two years ago, I think it's him running with a bunch of high schoolers and, you know, college guys that are our top level. But I mean, he is outrunning them all throughout the game. And then yeah. you can watch Tony Roten Jr. Run three point line to three point line and Jack threes. <laughs> so that's, that's worth it alone to go up there. Yeah. And then, you know, you get the, uh, the Nate Robinsons and the ITs of the world who, who hop in there too. The Seattle program is uh, definitely one of the cooler uh, mm. off-season tournaments to kind of go check out. Do you think Skinny Mello is going to matter that, that he's that he's dropped this way? Do you think it's going to change anything? Do you think it's going to help him? Or just kind of ambivalent and, hey, it's Skinny Mello is, a, is an, another version of Mello in the long list of uh, versions of Mello? I mean, there's two things. I think there's – do I think it's going to work, which I'm a little more uh, up in the air about. And then it, it's going to have to work because he's going to – the Blazers – seem very determined to play him at the three and he is going to have to guard guys that are much quicker than what he was used to pre-bubble or pre-hiatus and so he's going to really have to really find that lateral quickness that you know has kind of evaded him in recent years and hopefully you know losing a few pounds is going to help him and I mean just he doesn't have to play elite defense but he at least has to kind of be there you know like and that's and that's a lot to say when you got some of these perimeter threats that are going to be in that bubble. Yeah. I, I don't want to knock it too much, but also I don't necessarily buying into it. So in talking to some folks around the league and uh, a lot of analytics, heavy folks in the background, the numbers actually bear out that def- defenses are actually better early on than people think that it actually takes the offenses longer to come around. Do you think that maybe in that respect it could be beneficial to have offensive-ready guys in Dame, CJ, Mello, Nurk, and to an extent Collins basically dominating your starting lineup? I mean, this is the the Kiki Vandaway defense, really, is kind of what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. you have a guy who you're hoping is going to be a better net offensive player and it's going to cover up for some of the defensive deficiencies. I mean, I, I think that's outside of that alone. I mean, just Mello is a, a bucket. Like he, he's always created for so himself. Much. I mean, he, I mean, not so much now that he's older, but I, mean, I know, but just the that. fact that you said, so people forget he's a bucket. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> some people, I mean, we were, we were among those people on that list. I it's mean, true. I was, we were on the first podcast after he signed together. So, I mean. Terrified. It's there. But, but yeah, I, I think it does. I think one thing is I, I think Nurkic will hit the ground running, and I think that offense will come together. But there's a lot of guys who haven't played minutes together or haven't played minutes together for a long time. Hell, I mean, people Nas, Nas has never even played with Nurk. Well, and really – Zach Collins never really played a lot with Nurkic when Nurkic yeah. was healthy, when they were both healthy. So Mello gonna... hasn't played with Nurk. Yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, there's, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not really going to – I think overall, Rust, I think the Blazers might be ahead of the game just because of the type of chemistry that the whole organization has. Yeah. And 
and the fact that those guys have been in the gym basically the whole time rehabbing injuries. So I think they could be ahead of schedule, but this idea that the offense is going to outweigh the defense, I I'll need to see it before I believe it. So well, we'll, we'll see. I I stacking some wood on the fire for, for Dame. I see. Yeah, exactly. All right. Speaking of camaraderie, um, Suchi McCollum went out and did something pretty cool. For Dame's 30th birthday, he called ahead to the league, as one proper NBPA vice president should do to get this okayed, uh, got him some lemon pepper wings and some short ribs made available for his birthday party. If it's your birthday party in the bubble, what is Steve DeWald getting delivered? Ooh. Probably brisket. Okay. Uh, smoke, smoke brisket. Are we doing like a saucy brisket or just like just the, the no, good smoke? No, I don't. I good barbecue does not need barbecue sauce. Like that that's something I live by. Uh, Memphis, like, you, you can turn off now. It's okay. It's, <laughs> the folks in Memphis right now are 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 calling for your head. You know what I'm not ordering with hotel utensils is a full lobster. Like what is what is Hassan Whiteside doing? Like I saw the video of him getting the so he's got chicken and then he reveals the lobster at the end and it's just a whole lobster and, and it's not it's a small not, lobster it's a Hassan no. Whiteside sized lobster no that's you like a Hassan seven white size lobster yeah. you have <laughs> Hassan Whiteside's hand next to this lobster and it looks proportionate yeah so proportional so like it's a big <laughs> lobster and like as someone who worked on the road for a long time I know what he's working with in that <laughs> hotel room probably and I don't know how granted it's not crab and I mean. With crab, my, my favorite story ever is I, uh, Alex Lynn and Cole, one of my good friends, four-year starter at Oregon State at center. We went to Vegas after he signed with the Bears, and we went to the Bellagio uh, Seafood Buffet. Mm-hmm. And I watched him, and, like, we're all chowing down. And he just sat there and cracked crab legs for, like, 45 minutes, didn't eat any of it, and he just made a mound of crab legs. And, like, he was sweating by the end of it. Like, pro athlete, sweating, getting to that crab meat. And then – he just laughed at us all as he enjoyed a pound of just delicious uncracked crab meat. And I just, all just at one time work. It was just, even at, the, at that point, I was like, this is just way too much work. Like, and to see him order that lobster just blew my mind. That was the first thing I thought of. Was it just me or that lobster looked like it was a weird color? I don't know, man. Those are, I don't trust sea cockroaches in general. So, so. so I, I've got to tell this story real quick because it's insane. Uh, when I was in the, in the Air Force, uh, I got stationed at a place called Diego Garcia. I think I've talked about it on the podcast once or twice before, but it's literally an island in the middle of the Indian Ocean just north of the equator. Its sole purpose is to fly long-range aircraft out of and refuel them. But it's a horseshoe-shaped island. You, it's Google it. It's called Diego Garcia. And it's owned by the Brits. And on one side of the island is where they actually raise the queen's lobsters and crabs. And I'm not kidding you. The lobsters there are like, this is what Godzilla fights off. They are (laughs) massive. And there's a crab there that climbs trees. It is the weirdest place on the planet. It's like I said, it's a horseshoe shaped island in the middle of this lagoon. And you will see quite literally the world's biggest lobster. I'm talking like foot and a half long lobsters. It, it's, it's like somebody injected the radioactive jelly into this Island. Um, the same place I, I caught it. It was a, what, it's like a 700 pound swordfish. Jeez. Just, 
everything here is just bigger and larger than life. But yeah, it's just, that's the queen has her own little island where her own and crabs and lobsters are raised, and it's it's a sight to behold. Even Hassan Whiteside would struggle to believe how big this lobster is. Um, so you're looking at let's let's, let's before, talk about no go, go ahead. ahead. Well, before we got off track, what what would you what would be your birthday order in the bubble? Is, is, I, I'm assuming it's not tacos with romaine lettuce or a big plate of waffles. <laughs> it is definitely neither of those. Honestly, um, I'd probably go like a Mexican buffet kind of deal, like a taco bar, like a real taco bar. Like I want some mm-hmm. carne asada. I want some um, carnitas. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'd do. And, you know, have some like actual like fr- like fired up uh, flour tortillas, um, some cheese, some onions, some, uh, some green onions, some cilantro, a really good like um, – I'm, I'm going to shout out a place on the podcast for free. There's a, there's a fast food joint called Habaneros. Uh, they're in Salem and Tualatin. And it is the best freaking fast food taco spot in Oregon, hands down. And to be honest, man, I'd, I'd let them, I'd let them cater it for sure. But yeah, it would, especially right now doing keto, like if I was off this, it would definitely be something with tortillas or pizza. It would be one of those two things. Just the, the, see now you're a jerk. Now my mouth is like watering, like there's no tomorrow. Cause I haven't had anything close to either of those things in March. <laughs> oh man. So so what is it? March, March 18th, March 19th, I think is when I started. Yeah. So the closest thing I've had is keto bread, which it's, it's not, it's not great, Bob. Don't call, don't call that bread. <laughs> it, uh, think- it, it takes a healthy amount of either mustard or sriracha to uh, overpower the yeah. um, dry, you know, stick to the roof of your mouthness. But you do what you got to do to get by. My, my other thing with the birthday dinner was is like there was this whole storyline that emerged from it too, where it's like CJ reveals that Damian Lillard has a nicer room in the bubble. And I'm like, shocking. The top five NBA player has the presidential suite on the road. Yeah. Hey, not news. That's not news. For those, well, maybe for some people that is news. So when the teams travel around, there's a limited amount of obviously of like presidential suites or honeymoon suites or whatever you want to have on the road. Guess what? The rookies aren't getting the presidential suites. Dame is getting the presidential suite at the Four Seasons. That's that's how this works, and it has mm-hmm. has always worked. And the, the hierarchy. And we had Nas on the pod a couple of weeks ago talking about um, what he what he enjoys most about traveling on the road is that he gets to pocket his per diem. <laughs> He'll spend ten dollars yeah. on lunch and then pocket his per diem. Um, and honestly, the for I've heard from a lot of teams, uh, those star players per diem goes up a little bit too. So, um, it's, it's nice to be the King, so to speak. But if you were surprised that Damian Lillard was getting the presidential suite, uh, you know what though? The NBA did do the whole like marketing of this of like, Oh yeah, everybody's living the same. And LeBron has kind of made a, a show of this. I'm not bringing my extra trainer, my extra security, my extra chef, my extra. And it was like, yeah. Cause that's what he normally brings on the road for everybody who doesn't know. Like he has an entire entourage that comes with him when they go on the road. Now, do other star players do that? Yeah, but not to the extent LeBron does. Like, Dame has guys go with him. For those that don't know, there are extra guys that go with Dame uh, that, that take care of his stuff. But um, if there was a surprise to you, 
don't let it be. <laughs> These yeah. guys are taken care of on a ridiculous level on the road. And I mean, I my upside of this is imagine if Ben Golliver had a bigger room, <laughs> like we wouldn't get that gold of that video that he could capture it all on one screen of him just walking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like I, those I that don't realize that video, too, BG's like six five, six oh, six. He may be yeah, six he's seven. Not a little guy. Yeah, BG is a big, long, lanky dude. <laughs> And so yeah. to put him in a room with two twin beds, if you haven't seen it, uh, go to uh, Ben Golliver's Twitter. He, he posted a whole breakdown of, of kind of things, the, the day-to-day grind inside the bubble at the Washington Post. Um, for, for those that don't know, obviously Ben kind of got a start here at Blazers Edge, and he's a good friend of mine. So always go support BG. Uh, but, yeah, it's ridiculous. What do you have? He posted a screenshot of his of – his, uh, of his steps. It was like 14,000 steps that he did in the room. I, I just saw his, his podcasting partner, Andrew Sharp, give him, give him a hard time about how the snitch line is probably lighting up with the person who lives below Ben Golliver at this point right now in that hotel. <laughs> okay, what's, been, what's been your favorite snitch line adjacent story so far? I don't know if it was the snitch line or just the league issued the memo about proper dress code when you answer the door because who is the most likely am, person to answer the door naked i mean for me it's it's got to be dwight howard <laughs> but, but i mean like granted this borders on the line of probably something very inappropriate especially if it was a female staff worker but it just seems ridiculous like it seems ridiculous yeah. that that has to be and like I, as I alluded to earlier, like when I worked on the road, I was living in hotels and like, I just could not imagine like conducting yourself <laughs> in that way. But. I had to look and see if Evan Turner was on a team. <laughs> that was, that was my first yeah. thought. I'm like, is ET on a team right now? Like I could see Evan with, with he, he's a big time robe guy. The, uh, the Jimmy Butler one, the, the, the legend of Jimmy Butler continues to grow oh. of somebody security knocking on his door after uh, the snitch line being called and he's soaked in sweat from head to toe in practice gear, dribbling his ball. And I'm just like, Jimmy Butler was the one who called the security guard <laughs> just to grow his own narrative. That was the first thought that I had. And the thing is, I love Jimmy, but like, there's so, there's, there's such a thing as too much. Have you been surprised that the Blazers haven't had any, that's just surprised. Because surprises probably isn't the best word because this team is pretty much low-key as can be. But are you at least a little bit surprised that there hasn't really been any mention of the Blazers with anything without any regard to anything else as far as outside of like Dame's birthday and actual media obligations? I, not really, just with kind of how tight of a ship the organization runs most of the time. Now, what I am surprised about a little bit is you have two young guys on that team that are from the area. And I'm, I was surprised that they weren't one of the teams that got busted for ordering food from a non-approved place because you know, Anthony and Nasir know. They know the spots. They know the spots hands down. And that's, that was the one thing I was a little worried about was like, man, if they're walking across, like, was it JaVale McGee who broke quarantine? Rashawn. Rashawn. Okay. And so I'm like, Oh man, this could totally be the Blazers because they those two guys know every good place to eat down there. So yeah, but yeah, really I, not, not not too much though. I'm not surprised they haven't been in the headlines for the wrong reasons. 
to kind of like go along with that, I'm not, I'm not surprised. And that I think this kind of highlights why when they showed Dame at his birthday party celebrating and, you know, they asked him what he wanted and mm. don't waste my blanking time. And that's, I think that's, that's the approach this team is taking. And let's kind of get into the, the meat of the basketball stuff here. Uh, practices are going, it looks like they're ramping things up. The teams around the Blazers are falling apart. Zion has had personal issues he's going to go deal with. De'Aaron Fox has sprained an ankle. That's the probable two best players for the teams that are that are chasing Portland right now. That's pretty insane already, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really kind of evening out for – the unfortunate scheduling that the Blazers kind of got when they, when the schedule came out. Um, the, the Zion thing is huge. Um, we don't know when he's going to come back. And even then, even then it's a 10 day. I mean, we're, we're up against it right now. Yeah. What, what was it? What's he got? So he's got, Oh, we're recording here on Sunday and it is the what 19th. So we are literally two days away from him being missing the first game at this point. Yep. And that's without him. Te- that's without him testing positive on the reentry, because if he tests positive, it's two weeks. Yeah, everything has to break right for for him right now. And yeah, I, right now, I mean, it's just with how easy the the Pelican schedule was, it was a home run for them if they had everybody there. And now it's you know you're you're having doubts seep in. Yeah, so. it's it, don't get me wrong. Ingram was playing great. Lonzo who. I didn't think would ever play great. It's been playing very well. Um, you still got Drew. But Zion's that X factor. He's what blows games open. He's that mismatch from hell, right? De'Aaron Fox is the engine for the Kings, and, and everybody kind of just kept writing them off, writing them off, writing them off. I mean, if he tries to come back and play on this, is it the best idea? Uh, I don't know. I think that changes my mind that from the Blazers needing six wins to them needing five. And and with the Pelicans too, like go, going back outside of players on the court, with Jeff Bezdelic not coming to the bubble, I mm-hmm. mean that guy does not get enough credit as a defensive. He's mastermind. the defense, He he's the best in the league right now. I don't I don't think you'll you'll have you'll have yeah. an argument about that. Doc may have been a couple years ago. Tibbs maybe before that with Doc, but he's he's probably the best defensive mind in the NBA right now. Well, and you know Tibbs got all the credit, and they just kind of made up. You know they, they redefined. NBA defenses around Tibbs and that's what they should have been doing for Bezdelic in the last mm-hmm. couple of years in the same way. I mean, his switch first defensive style is more conducive to today's to NBA. That rocket team and put Warriors at full health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for everybody listening, uh, if you hear a puppy yelp in the background, that's because he's a complete pain in the ass. Um <laughs> I can hear him going off. I don't know if the mic's picking him up. Uh, he's He's been here for a week now, and I love him to death. But it's that time of day. Yep, it's 5 o'clock. So um, he's going to yelp because he wants his food now. Um, do you think when you look at everything that's going on right now and the way the bubble has been now for a week plus, has your mind changed at all as far as the bubble – being successful and getting all the way through it and actually completing the rest of the season. I will say it, 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 I have become more optimistic because I think I've seen, I've seen them enforce certain things a little more strictly than I thought they were going to initially. We're a damn mask, Dwight. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I am a little more optimistic on that front. I think the big test will come in this week when the, the scrimmages start and we start to see teams interacting with each other. Now, mm-hmm. granted, if everybody's adhering to the bubble correctly and, and Shouldn't be everything's an going as planned, it should not be an issue. But, you know, we're going to up the variance here a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I am a little more optimistic. Now, what hasn't changed for me, though, is just the optics of the league being in Orlando and being in Florida when Florida outside of the bubble is a complete disaster. I mean, as far as coronavirus numbers go, and, I mean, I think if the, if the NBA just came out and said it's all about money and all this and, you know, we're just trying to restart the season, it's one thing. But the NBA definitely markets themselves as the most progressive of the major this sports This league, leagues. hashtag. And – and 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 when you do that and you have optics like this there are consequences and you do they are a little hypocritical um very much you know florida comes out and and comes out and says you know hey we're open for business and the nba takes them at that and when clearly probably florida should not have been saying we're open for business until they had a little bit more knowledge of what was going on but inside the bubble i'm definitely more confident Outside of the bubble, I think it's bad optics that you have people, you know, 15 minutes away that are waiting uh, hours to get tested and days to get the results. I think that's bad. But yeah, at the end of the day, I, I am much more optimistic that the NBA is going to keep their players safe while they're in the bubble. I think I'm, I'm pretty much with you on, on every point as far as that goes. I think I was probably a bit more optimistic from the jump. Um, even when they canceled the season or put the season on hold, I should say probably a month into it. I'm like, they're going to do this just because of the financial implications. It was one of those things where it's like, this is, I don't think people really understand how much money this is and whether or not you want to argue that that should have ever been a point. Guess what? I talked to a lot of folks who were like, I am not giving up that money and I'm not talking on the ownership side. So, um, I'm not, I don't think I'm really surprised, um, at least in that respect. But back to the basketball side of things. Uh, we've got the scrimmages coming up. They're reducing the minutes on those. Uh, we'll be broadcasting those on NBC Sports Northwest. Heads up. Hmm? Uh, I won't be doing the postgame show for those. Don't, don't even count on that. I'm not – no. <laughs> that is not happening. Come However, on, we want, when the games we come back, Dan. I will be doing it. <laughs> We want Dan talking about those hot practice minutes with the Son White side and Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, next God. I was just, just going to say, what's the one thing you're looking forward to in, in, in this resume to play where you're going to see live action, trailblazer action, 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 action? I think with me, I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm the draft guy. So I'm always more, usually more geared to watching the younger players. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I think one thing a lot of people aren't talking about is, Anthony Simons just needed a reset on this season. Like the, he has all the talent in the world and you know, he, he had a run of just really bad foul trouble, kind of getting asked to do a little bit more than he probably should have been doing at this point in his career. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I think this reset could be really good for his, his mindset going into this. And I think it, it could be a fresh start for him. And if he hits the ground running, because the Blazers are going to need bench minutes from somewhere and I think him and Gary Trent Jr. are going to play a huge role in that. And, and that's what I'm really interested to see. I'm really interested to see how he approaches the game, if he can stay out of foul trouble on defense, and if he can just kind of pick his spots and not try to do too much on offense. 
And that's the thing in talking to the coaching staff before the season kind of came to a halt, the one thread about Ant was we're not worried about his offense. N- nobody on that coaching staff, nobody in that organization is remotely worried about Anthony Simons' offense. If you're out there and you're in the comment section, you know, saying, uh, if, if, if Anthony Simons has any talent at all or any trade value at all, da, 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 you, you don't have a clue. Absolutely not. Um, Ant is a guy that is still very highly regarded in the organization. Um, and they're not worried about his offensive ball. Like it, it's, it's the, the issue that he ran into was a changing of roles going from a guy who was really just supposed to get buckets with the second unit to, and then create as a secondary playmaker to having to run a second unit that had almost no floor spacing outside of Gary Trent Jr. That, that, that's the reality. Um, and then he compounded it by struggling defensively. So that, that's just, that's what happened. Um, he's got to figure out the defensive side of the ball. He's got to be better on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that's been the, the common thread. Talking to him before they, they left, he's amped to go. Like he, 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 he needed this. He needed this, this second opportunity. And for him, it's like playing at home. The, the, him and, like you said, him and Nas, they, they, they're from down there. The only guy who's going to be in there in this restart who's got more minutes in Florida and at the wide world of sports that Nas said this is Austin Rivers. And he, he, he cooked there. He may have scored more points at the wide world of sports than any player ever. Um, but this is, this is not unfamiliar territory to, for Ant and Nas. So I, I'm excited to at least see him out there. I'll put it this way. Who do you th- where would you put the over under on minutes for Ant? Because I think minutes for Gary's probably twenty four. I think that's a, I think that's a safe number for Gary, if not more. <laughs> where where would you say Ant falls minutes wise? I think just because of of where Gary's going to have to play. I think sliding up to the three. Yeah, I think I think Ant's probably in the ballpark. Of, I would put the over under at like eighteen. I think I think would be a, a, a safe. It would be it would be a tough line to bet on. I think. And, my eyes on which way to go there I I just think they're going to need him to come in and play I think and and really outside of Ant what I'm watching for is how much is Stotts going to really rely on some of these like the Mario Hazonia Nasir Little battle is going to be a very interesting thing for me one of those guys is going to get their minutes cut exactly and and I just wonder is Stotts going to pivot to the rookie or is he going to pivot to a guy who's been in the league a little bit more and that I think that'll be really telling to see Basically, how how are the Blazers treating this shutdown? Did they treat it like a full off season, or, or did they see enough growth from this year in this to treat it like, hey, he's not really a rookie anymore. He's been around the playbook. He's been around what we're trying to do. He's actually been in the league for more than a year now. Exactly. So, are they going to rely on him, or are they going to, you know, do whatever they're doing with Mario Hazonia? <laughs> so, speaking of more than a year and how the league is treating this year, we'll we'll, we'll kind of wrap on this um the awards are been finalized as far as you know in your mind uh when the league went on suspension so that means uh mvp defensive player of the year all nba all that kind of stuff where does damian lillard fall on the all nba list is he first team or is he second team it's hard because where the blazers record is Mm -hmm. but for what he did and I would say this, this would be on the top of his resume before I say what I would do. 
it's not what he did when the Blazers were winning. It's what he did when the Blazers lost. When he drops 60 points and the Blazers lose, I Good think that Lord. is the biggest thing that you can put at the top. I, that's what I would put on the top of the resume. And, and I think the guards are loaded here, but I still think he's – if he's not first team, he's second team, in my opinion. And, and I mean, obviously I'm a Portland guy, but I, I think – for what he did and the whole reason the Blazers are in the bubble even is because of Damian Lillard. Because of his, and, his, his power in the league, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. And, and I mean, just, I mean, getting it within striking distance to be, I mean, they could easily be behind the suns if they didn't have Damian Lillard and be out of this competition. So, God, that hurts. Yeah. Cause it really is but, only a couple games. That's, that's the insane mm-hmm. thing. Um, who do you have for MVP? Did you go LeBron, Kawhi, or Giannis? I, I I've been a my preseason predictions were Bucks and Giannis, so yeah. I, I'm going to stick with it. Uh, defensive Player of the Year. That's a little tougher. Um, you know you want to say it. Really, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, <laughs> but I I don't really have a, a clear cut pick in, in the Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to stay out of it. Um, obviously. There, there's a lot of guys that are deserving of that award. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Rudy Gobert doesn't go around touching a bunch of people's phones, he probably has a little bit better case. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to give Giannis the sweep. But, I, I mean. I, He's in consideration. There's, there's yeah. no doubt about it. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm leaning Gobert in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, to me, it's, it's probably Gobert than Giannis and yeah. Giannis's positional versatility and who he has to guard, I think, changes that up. Uh, and then we'll kind of wrap on this one. Rookie of the year. I, I think you just got to go jaw just because he, he did he did so much for – and in general, that, that Grizzlies team does not get talked about en- enough. No. Like, I know they're in direct competition with the Blazers right now, but – for what Taylor Jenkins did with that team this year is, is amazing. And if that's in any other market, but Memphis that gets so much more run. I mean, you have a team, that's a bunch of inexperienced guys, guys who've never played together. You have a rookie point guard. You have a second year power forward that are leading your team. A rookie point and, guard who is running your offense, which we yeah. really haven't seen since Dame. And you can maybe say Ben Simmons to an extent, but he also had Joel already you know there kind of a deal in which the offense is more running through Joel than it is Ben even if Ben is setting the table Jaw is running the offense in almost the same fashion that Dame was running the Blazers offense and I know Dame had LaMarcus um, but LaMarcus is a different player than a Joel I mean that's just kind of how it was so I mean but I do want to shout out my guy Terrence Davis for the Raptors for rookies because yep. that guy does not get enough run either I mean he stepped into a big role in a situation on a, a team that's defending a title that was asking a lot from a lot of young players. And Terrence Davis has answered the call at every, at every bell. Yeah, no, there's a, a lot of young dudes who play damn good basketball. Uh, Harrow, Kendrick Nunn, Terrence Davis. I mean, you kind of look up and down the list. You're like, this is going to be everybody kind of like, well, after John Zion, is this class really that good? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, this class is really freaking good. Stop yeah. that. This this isn't like what is this? Was it a 2014 class that was just kind of uh, like <laughs> no, this is gonna be a really good class. Um, and it's gonna be really fun to kind of watch these guys develop over the years. 
thanks for hopping on, man. What are you, what are you working on? What do you got coming? Uh, what, what's coming up? Um, I, I'm going to expand my big board to probably 30 players this week. So Good you'll see on. that. Yeah, I know. It gets a little, <laughs> gets real, real eye of the beholder after 20. With yeah. This class. 20? Yeah. Well, after five. 12? Yeah. I was just saying. <laughs> but, um, so I'll be doing that. I think I'm going to do something a little fun as far as doing a mock dispersal draft. So it's not going to happen, but let's say you took the eight bubble teams and you made them enter all their players in a dispersal draft. For this argument's sake, any all-stars are taken off the list, but you get to pick, select one player to join a certain team for the bubble. And who would the Blazers pick? Who would be on their list, basically? Who would be the top five guys on their list? Ooh. So if you're, so that that would be that's something that I'll probably have early in the week, and then I by the end of the week I'll have my big board oh, a little bit bigger. Find your small forward here. Well, the problem with the thing I think the biggest thing when I started looking at this list is like the difference between the haves and the have nots in this league are depth at the wing, and yeah. about a lot of these non-bubble teams do not have a lot of depth at, at those positions. Shocking, I'm sure. Yeah, but hey, exactly. let's keep hoping for more point guards. <laughs> I'm sorry. Point guards or centers. But my, my, I mean, my, my pettiness just kind of knows no bounds with that. So um, mm-hmm. thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, for everybody who's, who's stuck through and listening then, this is just kind of like, hey, let's take a look. Let's take a step back. Let's see what's coming down the pipe. Next week is when we actually have some stuff to talk about. That's when we have real basketball back in play. And we'll be there to bring it to you. Um, we'll definitely have Steve come back on uh, when we're starting back up. I will be back with Joe Simons doing MSC Sports Northwest Blazers Outsiders following every game. Uh, once the season kicks off, uh, Joe and I are heading back in the studio later this week to kind of do some dress rehearsal stuff because we have to do things a little bit differently um, as far as COVID protections and making sure everybody feels comfortable and safe and that we're doing what's necessary. Um, but beyond that, we're, we have some really cool stuff that we're going to have integrated with the show because guess what? There's nothing going on in the arena. So we have, uh, we have resources, baby. <laughs> so um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be fun. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Steve, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, man. Hey, just real quick, man. You're looking great. Keep it up. Rest in peace to your extra chin when you go back on, on the air. <laughs> Appreciate I mean it. That lovingly. I mean that lovingly in the I most know. lovingly way possible. But you can follow me at Steve D. Hoops. Um, yeah, I'll be on Blazers Edge more often than not, especially now with, uh, with everything ramping up. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us, man. And, yes, uh, I'll have the side-by-side of uh, you know, when the season ended and when the season starts back up and how I look like I ate the guy I used to be uh, previously. <laughs> so uh, it'll be fun. But thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. And as always, we'll catch you next week. Bye.